Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Ah, Halloween! Halloween! (laughs) This is the spookiest thing I think we're doing for Halloween, This is the most uh, spine-tingliest episode of of whatever this show is. Hi, everybody! (laughs) Hello, everyone! (laughs) My name is David Bell. My name isn't! It's Tom Ryman. And we just watched Coraline! Coraline! Coraline. Coraline. Mm, puppets. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. Ah! A world more exciting than this. Uh-huh. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. Hey. Big thank you. Big thank you to Harris and Millie. Mm. Those are our uh, Patreon subscribers who had us do Coraline uh, just in time for the spooky Yeah, just in time for season. spookies. It's, it's a, it, listen, it's a special spook up episode, so uh, yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're... we're uh, a creep-tastic it, puppet movie. We're Halloween-themed, can't you tell? Mm-hmm. I am in a full outfit, a full costume here. Yeah, I'm sweating my ass off in a Frankenstein costume. Mm-hmm, and I am a werewolf. S- sitting in a bathtub full of candy corn. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, especially since I had never seen this movie, Coraline. Really? Yeah. Th- that's interesting. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody listening is, is familiar. It's the 2000, 2009 film, stop motion, uh, directed by Henry Selick, who made The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, based and on the Monkey book, Bone. And Monkey Bone. Based on the book by Neil Gaiman, uh, I believe the first uh, film from Leica Studios. I wow. I believe. Oh. I believe it's the first. Yeah. It's got, uh, it's got Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. It's got Ian McShane. Uh, it's got Keith David as a cat. Hell yeah, it does. I actually forget who plays Coraline, but I think that's a person too. D- Dakota Fanning. There we are. Uh, yeah, you'd seen this before? I did. I saw this in the theater back when it came out, because um, I'm a big old Nightmare Before Christmas mark. Um, oh, yeah. And now, I mean, in the years since, I've become a big Leica mark. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Coraline? How do you like Coraline? I like this movie a lot. I think it's really good. I really like it as well. I, I almost, it's, it, you can't really compare the two, but I almost liked it more than I liked Nightmare Before Christmas, even though I have way more nostalgia for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both great movies. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're really, yeah. I, I, I both understand the uh, immediate urge to compare them because it's the same director and they're both stop motion. But also I understand and, and agree with 
the other part of what you said, which is that they're really they you really they're not it's apples to oranges. They're not yes. the same kind of movie. Right, and I just like this orange better mm-hmm. because all right, so it it's removed from Tim Burton completely. Yeah, it's, this is uh, nothing to do with Tim Burton. Yeah, and there's something in the aesthetic in this that I find cozy. It's a very uh, cozy movie, yeah. Weird, well, the, parts of it, but I, I totally understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, there's this grit and texture to mm-hmm. it that a film like Nightmare Before Christmas still had, but it was a little more, again, kid-friendly isn't the word. It's just a style of art. It's it's it's, it's a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a slowness to the tone, to the beats that actually made it feel almost like a foreign film. Uh, it reminded me of like a Wallace and Gromit or like that German Alice in Wonderland film that's a nightmare. Yeah, There's, or like uh, Miri and Max, I think. No, that's not right. Um, I don't know. No, that's that's uh, Miramax. There's um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll look it up. It's a Australian stop motion film from around the same, well, around the same time. Yeah, there's like kind of these like just quiet beats, very slow zooms, uh, very older older techniques in it. Um, and then just the setting, it's this warm Gothic setting. There's fog, it's rainy in like a cozy way. There's pines. Uh, there's like a, it's like feels familiar. It feels like childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, the old house, uh, that's just kind of very cozy. The pink palace is I think what they call it, which sounds like a strip club. Uh, but it's, it's the house. Uh, and then you got your good old weird, creepy kid on a dirt bike. Yep, wearing Everybody's a fireman's fireman's coat and a welder's mask. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mary and Max is a film I'm thinking of, but um, Mary and Max. Yeah, it feels more like this. Feels like um a fairy tale book that you read aloud to like slightly older children. Yeah, or like depressed younger children. Right, like real sad, r- real uh, edgelord sad boy children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a, uh, I think for kids, this would be a deeply terrifying movie. In parts, for sure. It, oh, I. it's like like the general concept. It's Lovecraftian. It's, it's this idea of like this creature that's just like sucking the life out of, that's uh, essentially a spider. Yeah like that's what it boils down to mm-hmm. hiding in this dimension in this house just like stealing kids and then slowly taking their life force mm-hmm. uh and their eyes yeah uh, and sewing little buttons on uh there's just something very compelling and horrifying about the imagery in this movie the people with the fucking buttons I, sewed to their goddamn heads i like that it's not over the top with it you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's this idea that is potentially uh, very frightening. The idea that this this being, which is essentially like you said, a Lovecraftian creature called the Bell Dam, who lives in this pocket dimension around this boarding house, and who is a a, a, a puppet master. She makes puppets. She makes puppet duplicates of people in the real world uh, right. to lure children into her world uh, to love them uh but in in her version of loving them is uh draining their life force and killing them yeah which is like loving anything That's really ba- it's basically like loving anything yeah yeah it uh yeah it, you, it's man it, it it's quite something it really is yeah it, it, so 
the idea is very frightening and the the visuals are very striking and potentially very frightening, but it never goes super over the top. Like it never has, I mean, it does, but it, it never gets quite as um, deliberately intense as like Return to Oz, like when she's getting chased by the Headless Queen or something. Oh, yeah, yes. Um, it's less, it doesn't lean into the horror. The horror is there as a backdrop and as uh you know thematically it's there but it doesn't it it feels like storybook horror if that it makes does, sense but it does feel like something that would really fuck up a child's brain yes because the concepts are a little more abstract than a lot you know it's not a witch uh that wants to eat children like she is faced with versions of her parents that are like these these like, ideal weird, versions ideal and then they become these like twisted versions yeah uh, and the idea of like your parent is not your parent, uh, everything's a little off. This world slowly becomes sinister. Yeah, uh, is it's very haunting. I also learned this is where that fucking meme comes from with the guy at the computer. Uh, oh yeah, the dad at the computer. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Um, we, you know, what should we should we explain the plot? It's there's. There's a lot here, but the sequences themselves are rather simple. There's yeah. a lot of times where the movie just stops and like enjoys itself. Uh, just like is like here's a little mouse circus, and it's like all right, I'll watch yeah. this mouse circus run the, by Ian McShane. The surprising thing about this movie, um, especially when you compare it to like later stuff that like it did, like um, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings or like Missing Link, uh, is how is how contained it is it's all within this boarding house and the surrounding grounds that's that's the other thing i realized is that if this was a live action film it would be low budget yeah uh because it's all it's all in one location except for once where they go into town uh otherwise it's yeah just this house and what makes that really cool is that it's it's different layers of the same location there's the regular world house and they do they do this thing where uh you know i found it cozy but it's meant to be gloomy the house the house the it's about a little girl and her family and they've just moved into this house uh and and they're moving in she's still unpacking they're exploring the area uh and it's very rainy and there's nothing to do and the parents are both uh workaholics and so they're both just at their computers mm -hmm. all the time yeah and so she just has nothing to do and it's just very and she misses her friends and it's supposed to be very depressing mm -hmm. the setting uh and then one night she finds a portal she finds this this door that's been painted over <laughs> she finds uh, the pennywise door in her apartment yeah basically yeah. i mean it's this movie is very close to it and like stranger things Mm -hmm. uh, yeah for sure the idea of, of children crossing over to a parallel dimension that's horrifying yeah, and it's bricked off, but at night it turns into a portal, so it's like, it seems like a dream, and the, uh, the she goes through the portal, and there is a warmer, nicer version of the house with her parents, they're preparing her a beautiful meal, all her neighbors are less weird, um, it's very much to me like how a child imagines, um... I'm, how do I word this? Like a child's expectations of something. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, um, oh, we're going to the flea market. And then you're imagining like this, like fantiful market of run by fleas, run by you fleas. know, flea grocers. <laughs> it, it, yeah. 
<laughs> it's very much that. Like her neighbor, a his flea circus, haberdashery. Sorry. Yeah, his circus is incredible, and uh, uh, and the the downstairs neighbors with the dogs that they. They, routinely stuff and dress like angels i like i like the, what were their names it was miss it was like miss miss spink and miss forceful yeah <laughs> forcible <laughs> miss forcible i fucking That's lost it. it at that name <laughs> and they love the theater and so in her in this version all the dogs are alive and and in the audience and they're putting on this uh a fantastic show mm. and it's this big old sequence it's very fun uh, and even in her fantasy, they unzip their bodies and become like younger, prettier versions of themselves. Yeah. Uh, her her dad has this crazy piano that like plays for him. Uh, everything. Yeah, everything kind of runs on like a kid logic. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very inviting uh environment. It's it's like a living amusement park. Uh, and so. So I guess what I was getting to is that there's this contrast. There's the beautiful environment in in this uh, fantasy world and then the real life. Uh, and that's very much like a lot of kids' stories, right? Yeah. Your Alice in Wonderlands and whatnot. And what the movie does is as the, as the intent gets more sinister, they basically swap the environments. But they don't actually visually swap them. The, the fantasy world becomes sinister and the real world becomes warm and inviting just as it is and i thought that was really really well done it is yeah in this movie like you say they never actually change the colors or the or the the visuals of of the pleasant pocket dimension it's just uh Coraline starts realizing that you know uh it's not it's not right it's it's kind of whack it's kind of whack ass <laughs> it's kind of whack ass when does yeah. she she first realizes it when oh yeah when when the when she's first like i'm your other mom and then slowly she starts saying, I'm your mom. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so, like I said, they all have buttons sewed on their eyes and it's like a little weird uh, for a kid, but it's still fun. And then they're like, you know, you could stay here. Uh, you could stay here with us. Like they make it optional because at first she goes to sleep and she's just back in the real world and she just keeps visiting the place because she's fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. And then she agrees because her parents in the real world, they aren't paying attention to her. She gets in a fight with her mom because her mom won't buy her these gloves that she wants. And she's like, sure. And they're like, you just have to do one thing. And they present her with the fucking buttons and a sewing kit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's It's like, like, oh, it's like sliding her a cup of Kool-Aid. You have to die. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's she. I like what this well i don't know if that's the right way to set that thought up but i i like what the movie is saying about how it's all false right it's all it's it's like we see that the dad is not really like that he's just some kind of pumpkin uh that's just doing what she says she's got like other mother has um like we we see that the the mice in the upstairs neighbor's mice circus are actually these horrible rats that are just in right. this, you know um, yeah, the fantasy starts breaking apart. Yeah, uh, revealing that yeah, there's like the the dad when he starts becoming like creepy at the piano and like he's puppeted by it, mm-hmm. and then he slowly becomes this like weird zombie mm-hmm. that is sad. Like he doesn't want her to stay there. All the puppets are kind of um, what's the kid's name? Um, Yb. Yb, who is definitely going to become a murderer in real life. Yeah, probably. But, uh, but like you realize like he like 
uh she yb is like this annoying neighborhood kid uh and he's got his cool dirt bike he's cool uh and he skulks around um like igor and hunts slugs and like and like uh she's annoyed with him in the real world so when she meets him in the fantasy uh other mother is like i i got rid of the talking because i know you don't like that yeah i know you don't like this kid speaking to you yeah or you think you think he talks too much is what it is right you realize that there's a doll that she has in the real world that she's been using to spy on her Mm -hmm. uh and so and so like yb becomes kind of like this sad creepy character um there's a great moment when like i think it's when they take her to dinner and the other world yb he knows that they're gonna do the buttons he mm-hmm. knows that she's going to do the thing and he's like sad. He's, he's at the door and he's, uh, uh, sad. And the mother just kind of turns to him and points to her mouth and gives a little smile like, Oh, you got a smile. YB. Um, and then later you see that she's sewn his mouth into a smile Yeah, and it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, that's, that's creepy. It's some creepy shit. Yeah. It's, it, it gets pretty gnarly. And I love that it, like the lesson kind of winds up being you gotta exist in the sort of dreary more uh, not disappointing but less um just the, the real world is 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 maybe less uh flashy and attractive but it's like it's it's more fulfilling and you you know it, i don't know it's there's there's something in here um, i think about not disappearing into fantasy and how like fantasy well, never lasts I think I think this I think my personal take on it is that this movie is about cults. It's basically telling kids if anybody's selling you happiness, don't don't buy it. Yeah. Like if anybody's selling you this perfect existence, they're wrong. Existence isn't always going to be happy. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, people have to work. People have to toil. They don't like it. Uh yeah. but you have to do these things in life. And so if anybody comes along and, and sells you this like idea of this perfect universe, guaranteed under all that, there's something very dark happening. Yeah, there's also something in there about friction between the mother and daughter, right? Because that's, yeah. that's who Coraline has the most conflict with is her mom. Like, it seems like her mom doesn't have any time for it. It seems like her mom's not interested. And then, the, you know, the bit about not getting her the, the mittens that she wants. And the, the implication there, which we can understand... Uh, but Coraline misses is that they can't afford the mittens. Uh, right. she, she says something to the effect of, uh, you know, we just, we can't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll make it up to you. Um, in a couple of weeks or when, when, once we get done with the catalog, I'll make it up to you. Cause, uh, her Coraline's mom and dad seem to be, they seem to just to be writers that write like catalogs. Yeah. They're writing about gardening, but yeah. as they keep pointing out, they're not actually gardening. No, um, it's, just a, it's just a, a gig they took. <laughs> she has a, a mug that says I Heart Mulch, which I, I want that mug. Yeah. Um, it's the store so that, like, that they drop the dad off at when they go into oh, town. Yeah. It's, the store is actually called I Heart Mulch. Yeah. It's like the it's the idea that in when we when we're young we have all these dreams and then when we get older, we have to compromise our dreams while trying to still be in the ballpark. Yeah. So it's that idea that they're like writing about gardening, but not actually getting to garden. Although at the end they finally do mm-hmm. uh, because they have time. What the, the, the reality is 
they're just really cramming for this you know you're a writer i'm a writer when like yeah. watching this i was like leave him alone kid yeah they got a deadline He's and got then a i realized deadline. i'm a monster <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah then i realized i've become these monsters yeah exactly it's just no it's um, her mom seems really irrationally un- unpleasant uh but it's it, it's it's more you know we we recognize that they're under this deadline crunch and it, it just yeah. doesn't i don't know it's uh, there's it, a, well, i'm having it, a lot of thoughts about this movie that aren't exactly coalescing that's kind of what the movie is though but i would say it's that the movie's from the perspective of a child so the yes. parents seem needlessly uh mean all the other adults are weird yeah like they're shaped weird they act weird and it's because when you're a kid stranger adults eccentric adults are weird i i always remember this has stuck with me for so long. A dream my mother had as a kid that she was getting chased by a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And then the skeleton had coffee with her mom. And it was like, yeah, that's childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like some adults seem like fucking ghouls <laughs> yeah. when you're a kid. Um, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's all from that perspective, I think. And so there's this, I don't know. I think there's, uh, it's designed so that kids get something from it and adults get something from mm-hmm. it and there's a clear there, there's a clear uh uh puberty thing going on there right it's about Coraline moving into adolescence from being a little girl yeah oh for sure and it, yeah it's very much uh, on purpose i think i don't know how old this book is but it feels like a subversion of alice in wonderland because it's like magic portal you're a kid what are you gonna do you gotta go in the magic portal uh like if i had if i was a kid i had a magic portal i'm like yeah i'm gonna go in there uh but then you might get kidnapped Mm -hmm. uh uh and and it so it starts like it's it's very much alice in wonderland but alice in wonderland doesn't have that like morality to it i guess um where like at the end of alice's adventure it's just like wow what an adventure and it was like real and and like okay whatever uh and this is more about like what a fantasy world means and what a world like that means where logic is very much thrown out the window. You're being promised all these great things. Again, it really feels like a cult to me. Uh, yeah. And so it's the reality of like, if you, chances are, if you go into a magical world, it's, it wants something from you. It's, it's probably sinister. Uh, like, you know, kids shouldn't crawl into magical portals in general. Definitely not. I mean, no, you should. Any kids listening to this absolutely crawl through magical portals. Because oh, then yeah. you're then you're going to have a fantastic adventure. That's true. You are. She does come out of it all right. Mm-hmm. Because there's the other rule where, like, she does, like, a riddle deal with the spider lady. And yeah. I was like... Don't... <laughs> she really golems her ass. Yeah. And it was like, listen, just kidnap the kid. Like, they're kids. Uh, but, but whatever. They, yeah, they all have to operate. You know, again, it's kid logic. So they all have to it's operate on these real r- weird rules. Yeah. And also yeah. part of part of the uh, other mother or the Beldum's deal is that she wants the kids to come there willingly. Right. But it, yeah, she gets gaslit slowly because mm-hmm. it's the, oh, I'm, I'm your other mother. And then I'm your mother. And then it's like, you can come and go. And then it's like, you can't go. <laughs> because that's what, of course, it comes to is that. Yeah. She gets trapped in the world. She meets, uh, she goes through a mirror and finds these dead kids that are like, she took our eyes 
could you find our eyes for us? Uh, it's not your main mission, but it's like a side mission. Do you want to pick up the side quest? Uh, yeah. you'll, you'll get you'll get some sick XP from it. Yeah, and in that, she manages to escape the world that one time, and when she gets home, her parents are gone. Also, throughout all of this, uh, the black cat that's like a stray cat uh, can talk in the um, fantasy world and sounds like Keith David, which... What a, what a great That's thing That's the fantasy world I want to go to, yeah where, yeah, where cats speak with the voice of Keith David. I didn't know he was in it, and then the moment he started talking, I was like, oh, what? we have a movie now. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's Keith David. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and so the, the uh, other mother has kidnapped her parents, and so it, it's, very good, it's a very good third act thing to do, because it means that she, she's gotten out, but up, she has to go back in. Mm -hmm. uh willingly it's yeah it's, so, it's not enough that she has to reject uh the fantasy world she has to restore her real life parents who are kind of dreary and not as fun and exciting as the fantasy world parents but yeah. they're her real parents and she has to defeat them yeah uh defeat the world and then on the side save these stupid dead kids yeah so like these miserable so ass american girl doll dead kids yeah like she's, time, she's been she's other mother's been running this scam for a minute like she really has there, there's some yeah. like dead pilgrims in there yeah oh yeah it's like how old is this boarding house again it's beautifully like lovecraftian that yeah, way where it really it's is like, she's been it's there like, for a very long time it's like it's Pro what a fun way to introduce children to cosmic horror i know this is cosmic horror. It is. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah. I, I did not expect that from this movie. The beginning credits is like this robot skeleton hand making a doll. Mm -hmm. And I thought, so I, I didn't know what this was about at all. All I knew was there was a button-eyed doll and it was like the, the Nightmare Before Christmas people. So I thought like, oh, is it going to be like about dolls who talk? Is it going to be like a gothic toy story? Or like a little girl who turns into a doll. And so when it began with this horrifying robot skeleton making the doll, I was like, I need to reassess things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> need to make I an adjustment here. Is. Yeah. 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 I thought the scariness was going to be less abstract, less cosmic horror and more like, ooh, spiders and zombies. You know, I thought it was that level of. Mm -hmm. Right. Because uh, the, the Beldam never fully becomes a spider. No, it's just implied. There's there's uh, webs around her, and she she grows a bunch of extra legs, and her porcelain mask starts to crack. But she never actually becomes a spider. It's it's yeah. all the suggestion of it, and very close. Uh, it, it brushes up against it, but it's never literally explodes into just like fucking tarantula face. Yeah, uh, but it's just fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. So she goes back in. She she makes this riddle deal where she's like. All right. Um, you, it, I get to find the dead kid's eyes uh, and my parents, and if I find them successfully, I can go. By it, there's like a time limit, and if not, uh, I'll stay here. You mm -hmm. know, and, I'll, and pop, again, I'll pop my own peepers out with this little with this little needle and thread. Right. And so she starts. She gets from oh shit, who does she get the seeing stone thing from? Is that YB's grandma? Because YB's grandma is like one of the kids who her like sister she gets it, got lost in the house. She gets it from the, uh, the, the two actresses who live in the basement. Right. Because they're like psychics. They read tea leaves and shit. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so she finds out that when she looks through the stone, it'll highlight much again like a side quest on a video game you put on your assassin vision and it hides highlights the 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 place you got to go yeah exactly it's 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 batman's detective vision in the arkham games exactly uh and so i think the first thing she has to do is go up to the mouse circus no, she that's goes the, into the. That's the last thing. The first thing she, she does, goes, she goes into the garden. She goes in the garden and finds one of the one of the eyes, one of the children's uh, immortal souls, uh, is yep. is trapped in the da- the fake dad's like tractor. Right. Um. The second one is in. It's with the uh, the two actresses in the basement who are. Th- this scene is fucking wild. Where they're like they're like gummy people wrapped up together in like a weird cocoon. Oh my god! I totally fucking forgot that. Yeah. That was that was. I think my brain just protected me. And from all that. the all the They're dogs like are, are like bat dogs hanging upside down from the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And then she, and then the rats fuck her up. Yeah, the uh, rats beat the Christ out of her. Yeah, yeah. she goes she goes upstairs to Mister Bubinski's apartment, and he's just uh, a suit of clothes just filled with rats. It's this rats steering a, a, a suit like it's a man. Yeah. What's important is that all the elements when this world was welcoming are still there yeah like the cotton candy cannons are suddenly a problem for her uh like because they're nailing her with cotton candy yeah and she can't move uh and and the cat catches the rat which is a callback mm-hmm. um uh keith david helps her out uh and then uh so she gets she gets the eyeball she figures out where the parents are but she realizes that obviously this spider lady isn't gonna let her go so she tricks her into, she says, oh, my parents are in the crawl space. And so she gets her to unlock the crawl space. It's a very kid story technique. Yeah, it's, it's, um, a, it's a real uh, shove the witch into the oven moment. Yeah, and so that frees her and then she grabs everything and fucking runs for it. And then they have spider fight uh, and the villain takes her final form. The house starts dissolving around her. That's another that was, aspect of this. Yeah, that was dope as shit. Like a- every eye she collects starts to unmake the pocket dimension, the world, and yeah. then finally it chases her inside, where the house is the only thing that's left. But the house is slowly deteriorating, and it does this by the wallpaper is like it's peeling. Yeah, it's peeling up on itself, uh, which was really sweet. <laughs> It was really sweet. It, yeah. It's like the Matrix. It reminded me of the Matrix. Yeah, uh, the yes. dream is collapsing and everything's mm-hmm. unwinding, and like there's this white void, uh, which was again very cosmic horror, where it's like, yeah, this universe, this dimension, there's nothing else but this house. If you go too far, it's like spoilers. The thirteenth floor, like it's just like there's nothing. Um, and uh, oh yeah, one of my favorite parts. Uh, she uses her wits against this wit- witch lady and also throws a fucking cat at yeah, her. Yeah, just flings the cat into her face. That's ultimately what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like, when it happens, I was like, that cat didn't seem, seemed betrayed by that. And yeah. then later she apologizes. Like, oh, okay, good. Also, because the, the cat fucks off after that. Like, it, it, yeah. it fucks the other mother up, but then it goes, it leaves to the crawl space while Coraline is struggling in the spider web. He's like, well, I'll see you later. Yeah, the cat. <laughs> Let the me cat know how is, it turns out. <laughs> the cat can speak, but it's not like a person turns into a cat. It's it's still a cat. It's still a cat. Yeah. Yeah, it's got other things going on. If this doesn't work out, the cat will be fine. The cats will forget in a week. 
uh, what what any of this happened. Yeah. Uh, but she she gets out with everybody, and it seems like everything's good. Her parents are there, and they don't remember what happened. Uh, and uh, she should just burn that house to the ground. Honestly, but, yeah. Yeah. Although I'd be scared, because if you burn it to the ground, maybe uh, that opens the dimension. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't live there anymore. No. Uh, but I, I, one... I, I... <laughs> Yeah, I'd 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 fake like a home invasion or something. Right. Um, so she has the key, and there's only one key to this portal, and she knows I gotta get rid of this fucking key at least. Uh and this is where we learn also that one of the creepy other mother spider hands has made it through the portal. Yeah, got stuck. Yeah, she shut the door on it to escape. Yeah. And so now this it's spider like, hand comes through and is trying to fuck her up and take the key. Yeah. And they have, and I, this was like, I thought the movie was over, but they do the thing where she goes to, there's this well that they also set up, doesn't matter. Uh, she goes to drop this thing in the well and I mean, melt it down, but whatever. She's a kid. Yeah. Uh, I can throw and, it into the sea. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the hand is trying to get it. She has to fight this fucking robot spider hand. And, uh, that shitty kid shows up, uh, help save the day. Yeah. Um, it's very much like they're burying a body. They like throw it into the well with a rock and the, the rest of the hand. <laughs> it's Dolores Claiborne starring two fifth graders. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we shall never speak of this. And I can't help to think about it's the Pinocchio thing. When she's like 30, she's going to be like, I have this vague memory of this other world mm -hmm. with like button eyes. And it, that can't be real, right? I had some sort of traumatic experience and like yeah she's gonna like go to visit her mom and be like mom you're not like secretly a wild wild west spider are you yeah yeah because I seem to remember you like I have this turning memory. into one yeah it's very blurry now but yeah she's it's gonna be fucking a lifetime of therapy uh but yeah and then there's uh, the either, ending where they have either that little... or like a real bitch and heroin addiction oh yeah yeah oh yeah at least yeah at least yeah she's not coming back from minimum, any of this minimum yeah um yeah that's a shame but yeah uh yeah and then and then they the movie ends yeah i mean yeah they, have a, they, happy, have, a, they yeah. have a big garden party uh for her parents to celebrate their uh, finishing their catalog deadline on time and all the neighbors come out and we're finally getting together and it's it's a nice like happy little ending of like see you, you oh. can you can get to know all these people in a more adult way she's interacting with them yeah oh yeah and uh the mom buys her her gloves yeah yeah uh yeah it's 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 a really good movie yeah the, mostly... more, the more the more we talk about it the more it really is jumping out at me it's like this is really I mean, it's about a lot of things like it's got a lot of themes but like the one that's sticking out to me the most right now is is leaving childhood behind oh yeah yeah, it's it's her basically having to destroy a fantasy world. Yeah, uh, violently so, and then bury and li it and liberate well. all the spirits of the murdered pilgrim children trapped within. Yeah, it's fucking dark, like you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Coraline. It's it's man, and the whole time again, it's it's very beautiful. It's very slow paced. Mm -hmm. Like what what the stuff we missed is like. Like, yeah, when she goes to visit these crazy characters, uh, the movie sort of stops to, like, you just get to live in, like, these little musical numbers that they do. The dad at the piano. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the, the mice circus, the ladies, uh, 
with their with their trapeze weird bullshit that's actually like i liked that stuff but it was the least compelling to me because it's just we're gonna stop and do a sequence here like yeah. and that's that's the shit that the kids will love yeah. you know well and it's specifically for the kid like it, all that stuff is put on to lure Coraline in there right oh yes yes but also just for kids but yeah. this is it's- this very much sets the tone as we're not just for kids this company like we're 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 making stuff for yeah yeah for everybody <laughs> be mindful of that pg rating mhm um yeah no it's it's yeah it's it's very much in line with the later stuff that they would do similarly big ideas uh big themes yeah kind of kind of profound themes is, is more the word i'm thinking of um yeah without, for a children's movie yeah what they do that i say pixar doesn't do and i I I love a good Pixar. I'm not knocking Pixar, but Pixar tends to um sort of lecture. You know what I mean? Like Pixar, their messages are a lot more clear. Uh they're a lot it, more in your face. It's it's a lot they're a lot more uh last 38 seconds of a GI Joe episode. Yeah, like, and just, again, I Yeah. I like a lot of Pixar f- specifically because they do that sometimes. But this is just feels more art house it feels more like it's about something uh but you're gonna have to kind of work for it Mm -hmm. uh and if you're a kid it's it's similar to horror horror today where it's like we're gonna put a we're gonna actually put a message in here we might not like conclusively say anything about it but it'll be about something yeah something real uh and that'll be a thread throughout that you'll either enjoy or you'll you won't you won't even notice and you'll just like the movie uh as is yeah like, without that yeah and like yeah you know to, i think we mentioned the previous like to quote red letter media uh your brain noticed it yeah yeah exactly. yeah you're 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 experiencing these these themes and uh i don't know it's i you said the word abstract earlier and that's really yeah that's very apt that's what it is it's like yeah talking about a very specific thing uh but doing it in a real abstract way it was a really nice surprise because I don't think I ever reflected on what this movie meant until us talking about it. So mm-hmm. I knew coming out of it like, oh, that was definitely something. Uh, but it's just really nice to go into a movie, expect something that's like a fairly superficial kids movie. Expect, you know, I'm expecting something more in the lines of Nightmare Before Christmas, which great movie. Uh, and then getting something with cosmic horror. And being like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and then coming out of it, getting to actually think about it. Like, my my first focus was just that I wanted Ian McShane's life in this. Just like a weird cheese monster. Yeah. Tra- training mice in an attic. Yeah. Addict. Like, that's great. Doing a lot of aerobics on his wooden balcony. Mm-hmm. Just being a real fucking creep. Yeah. Just being an absolute maniac. Yeah. Getting, getting cheese mailed to somebody else's house. I don't know why. Maybe Interpol's on his ass. He's definitely he, he. His life ends in handcuffs, right? Yeah, I mean handcuffs will be in the room where his yeah. life ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got it all figured out. Yeah, no, he's he's got yeah. He know he's 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 got a goal, mouse circus, and he knows exactly <laughs> what he needs to do to achieve it. Cheese. Uh, one of my notes just says this girl should call the cops. I have no idea what the context is, but it could apply to any honestly it could, it could apply to any scene in this film yeah this girl needs to call the cops somebody needs to call the police somebody someone needs to yeah 
figure this shit out. Some sort of authority figure needs to get involved. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So good times. I got, I, I, that's pretty much it. I was like, I was almost afraid we wouldn't have much to talk about just because this movie is quite good. Yeah. Uh, and mostly, uh, just these long visual moments Mm -hmm. Uh, again it's it's like working out the meaning now uh yeah yeah that was probably the most yeah the biggest thing that my biggest takeaway is that it it is uh this like i said profound theme that you kind of it's kind of difficult to pin down right away (laughs) like it's like i know like this made me feel a certain way and think about certain things but it's hard to like it doesn't quite gel until you sit down and, and start thinking about it yeah and i doubt I mean, maybe if you ask the filmmakers what they think it's about, they would have a a very clear answer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more uh, like uh, it's more like the the tone that we've been talking about. The slower tone, these sequences that are very visual. It's it's more like a piece of visual art mm-hmm. that's trying to invoke emotions that get you to a certain place that you can apply to your own life. Yeah. It's it's a little uh, impressionistic that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, shit. That's that's all I got, Tom. Any any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I was reading because uh, you had mentioned earlier. Not sure when the book was published. It was published in two thousand two. No shit. Um, won a Hugo Award. <laughs> um, Good. Uh, I think that's just like par for the course for Neil Gaiman. I think he's probably got a bunch of those. Um, right, right, right. But right. It, it came about because he mistyped the word Caroline. Huh. Yeah. He's just he typed he typed it wrong and he's like oh that's an interesting name I should develop a story based on somebody called that was he what is he doing at the time was he like writing about the Neil Diamond song or something I think he was probably typing something about Caroline in the city oh yeah that checks out yeah yeah I know he's Every, a big fan everyone's favorite show right yeah in two thousand two you said. That's when it was, was, was talking that's, about Caroline. Wait, in the that's city. when it was published. Holy fuck! It says uh, according to the Wikipedia entry, he started writing it in 1990. Wow. So okay, I don't mean to come down on him. Feels like you could have written this quicker. Listen, he did other things. <laughs> during I, okay, that time. okay. Yes, yeah. Maybe it's a situation where he like yeah. he put it on the back burner yeah. and he got back around to it. I'm not judging him. Look, I'm not judging. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Um. Also, the cat, very cute. Very cute cat. Yeah, the cat rules. But it wasn't like o- overly Disney cute. It was kind of mangy. Yeah, yeah. That's why like I liked little, it. Yeah. It reminded me of my cat. It's a little rat. It's a little shitty rat cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Fucking shit cat. Little shit cat. It disappears at the end. I'm not sure what that means, but I think it's the. I, I think it's just the general idea that the cat is otherworldly because it's a cat. Because it's a cat. The cat walks freely between the worlds. We love that idea and when the, the reality... Only, I, yeah. was, I was just going to say, he's the only character apart from Coraline that's able to do that. Oh, yeah. We just love Mysterious Cats, even though I think it's a combination of just that the way they s- stare at things, they're like, their eye focus is different than ours, uh, so they're just always trying to detect movement, and then they just look stoic, and they're mostly just possums. But we love, but we love making them, like, mystical. Uh when yeah they're just like yeah you know. they're just little they're barely any different from rats mm-hmm. yeah they're just large rats yeah exactly mm-hmm. it, w- it would uh if my cat could talk like keith david 
it would just mostly ask for food. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much <laughs> but, it. But in Keith David's voice. But in Keith David's voice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Delightful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that might be a sewed. I think we might be finished. I think we're finished. Are we I finished? Didn't ex- I didn't expect this one to like go longer because it's just it's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like I don't really have anything any like like I usually try to like dig up a critique when when we do movies where it's like ah, I'll find something. Mm. Uh, and this one I was just like I don't know, A+. Plus? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> pretty fucking good. Yeah, and like uh, it's just it, I really enjoyed it. Um really good movie. Uh, yeah. Good job. Good job, Harrison Millie. Yeah. You get a star. Our first star. You get uh, button eyes. You get button eyes. And a gigantic rat that mm-hmm. speaks with Keith David's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen, folks, this was through our Patreon. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. Uh, we have a tier there where people can request their own. We just watched episodes. Uh, but along with that, for just $5 a month, we have a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our brand new Spiel Boys. Mm. Uh, uh, can you can you reveal what uh, you're doing next? We can't, because we actually haven't decided yet. <laughs> Fair enough, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, peek behind the curtain we actually haven't had a single conversation about the next episode yet so uh yeah exciting stuff yeah exciting catch stuff. that spiel boys fever um mm-hmm. yeah we also have a store head over to gameflayunemployed.com where you can find a link to our teespring store we have lots of uh, cool original artwork and designs for all of our different shows uh which you can check out you can get it on uh t-shirts and stickers and, and posters and all kinds of shit uh so you know go crawl crawl through your tiny little little hobbit door and and, and visit our store yeah, crawl into our hole. Crawl through our hobbit hole. Yeah, there's magic inside. Drag Trust your us. cat with you. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Shove uh, your cat in our hole. Mm-hmm. That's what we always say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you guys know. <laughs> you know. You know our motto. Our classic catchphrase. <laughs> Shove your cat in our hole. Gamefully unemployed. <laughs>